Once again, people, we're at International, and it's The Rock Show, and today we'll talk about Black Sabbath, and it's um, Sunday, October 27. It's raining, the weather suck, I'm in pain, but we got a hell of a show for you, and we got a special guest. Yeah. Rock and Mike, introduce him. Hey, everybody. Uh, I got my buddy Vinny here, Vinny Squillacotti. School of Chotty. School of Chotty. School of Chotty. School of Chotty. That's right. That's right. Is that almost like where Italian person, like non-Italian people go to like an Italian restaurant? Yeah, regardless. Can I get the mozzarella? You're not even Italian, you stupid motherfucker. When you're Irish, what do you want? The potato. And a drink. Yeah, six pack of the potato. Six pack of the potato. <laughs> Seven cold meal. Any nutritious meal. So today we're going to talk about the uh, almighty gods of heavy metal, Black Sabbath. They, they were pretty much definitely. created I, heavy metal. I, I think they absolutely did. They uh, definitely invented the template. Yes. <laughs> to which all others the devil the, up to. The, the devil's third. We'll talk about that. You know what the devil's third is? Um... The, um, the, the, tri- the tritone. The tritone. The tritone. Yeah. It's the black we'll, fifth we'll, we'll, interval. We'll talk about yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> Black Sabbath uh, came out of Birmingham, England. Now, what you got to understand about Birmingham in the late 60s is uh, it, it was one of the last cities to be really even rebuilt at all after World War II. It was a industrial city, all factories, like we picture an industrial city would be, just smoke and smog and... A shithole. A shithole, yeah. exactly. And uh, they were still bombed out buildings, you know, wow. and, they, and they, they, they grew up in that, in that city, so it was quite an upbringing they had. Uh, very blue collar, okay. Uh, early in 68, Tony Iommi, the guitar player, and Bill Ward, a drummer, had a band called Mythology, okay. And that band broke up, and they wanted to start a kind of like heavy blues-based rock band. weren't quite sure what direction they were going to go. But they met up with a bass player named Giza Butler. Yep. And they found Ozzy Osbourne by answering an ad, okay, where he said, uh, Ozzy Zig needs gig. It needs gig and has on PA. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. And now... Tony Iommi's on record saying that he knew Ozzy back in school, but he didn't really associate him with him that much. And when he saw the ad, he's like, well, I know an Ozzy, but it can't be that guy. Yeah, he didn't think it was going to be the same person. They went to the house, and Ozzy's mother answered the door, and then, like, Ozzy came down the stairs or whatever, and and it was him. And Tony didn't think it was going to work. No, not this guy. Yeah, 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 (laughs) right. Tony and and Bill Ward were there, and they were like, nah, they talked to him, but they're like, nah, forget it. It's not going to work with this guy. But... Uh, after a couple of days, I think Ozzy persevered a little bit and, and you know, was persistent, and, and he got into the, into the lineup. Originally, the band was called Polka Tulk Blues Band. Yeah, Polka okay. Tulk Blues. That's a named, horrible name. Yeah, named after some kind of like talcum powder or something <laughs> that was available in England. All right. They even had a slide guitarist named Jimmy Phillips. And a saxophonist. And a saxophonist, yeah, <laughs> named Alan Clark. Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely a different sound they were going for in the beginning right there. Um, eventually, they would shorten that name to the Polka Tulk, okay? And then eventually, they would change their name entirely to Earth. Right. That's I think it was Earth, something, some Rare Earth or something like that, and then they shortened it to Earth. Yeah, it was Earth. That? It was Earth. Rare Earth was a soul band that was like a R&B kind of, they did like a R&B rock band from, I think they were American, Rare Earth. That was a different thing, but Earth was just Earth, okay? Uh, Phillips and Clark would leave after that. 
uh, I only accuse them of not being very, you know, serious about the band. Right. So now they're down to, uh, you know, just a regular bass, yeah, guitar, drums. Actually, um, Geezer was playing guitar as well. He, yeah. he made the switch over to bass. Right. Because they needed a bass play, kind of like Paul McCartney did with the yes. Beatles. He was yes. a guitarist. That's true. That's true. Um, they would record several demos as the band Earth, yeah. which would be released over the years and stuff like that. Um, audiences liked the band Earth, but uh, Ozzy hated the name from day one. He didn't like that name at all. Um, at one point, uh, Iomi would leave the band and join with Jeff Tull, who was uh, up and coming at that point. Right. And what's interesting is like that little month that he was with Jethro Tull, it was like a month and a half or something, is actually recorded in the Rolling Stones movie, yeah, Rock, Rock and Roll Circuit, so you can see him in that. Yeah, you know? and he's yeah. Uh, wearing like this big white coat or something. Like a and fur a hat, thing and he was like, If you read the, the book Iron Man yeah. about Tony Iommi, he says like he was embarrassed and he had like the hat like down. He didn't want anybody to yeah. know it was him. He, he, <laughs> he said he liked playing in Jethro Tull, but he thought that Ian Anderson was too much of like a leader of the band. And he demanded that there were rehearsals at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and he and was also told by—I don't think—I don't know if it was the management or something—that uh, he was lucky to have that slot in the band. Oh, they treated like, oh, well, him like they less wanted than... me because I can, you know, the way I play. How right. am I lucky? So they made him feel like you know, like an outsider. Yeah. So well, all that went down quick because he would return back to Earth. They weren't called Black Sabbath yet. Uh, after about a month and a half, he just said, "I, you know." I can't do it. Now, if you think about it, that was, that was pretty cool because Jethro Tull at that point in 69 were really on the rise. They were like a year away from being huge. Yeah. So he could have stayed in that band and probably oh, you know, done a totally different life. Better. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? But then again, maybe he would have been thrown out at some point. So who knows? for a reason. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, when he got back to, to Earth, uh, that, that band Earth with Ozzy and the rest of the guys, uh, they realized there was another band in England called Earth. Yeah. Okay, so they had to change their name again. Yeah. And right across from the rehearsal space where they practiced, there was a movie theater. And uh, on the marquee, it was playing the 1963 Mario Bava flick, uh, Black Sabbath, with Boris Karloff. Mm -hmm. That's the one with like the three stories. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. It's and, one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a classic. Karloff? Karloff? Sidekick? Sidekick? No, Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny no matter how many times you fucking say it, man. I love it. Uh, Butler noted to the guys, he says, you know, uh, it's weird how people pay so much money to see scary yeah, to movies. Scared. You know, and it just occurred to them, you know, they should call themselves Black Sabbath. Uh, it actually started because Ozzy and, and Giza Butler wrote the song Black Sabbath, or at least the words to it. They, they had the, um, the was music, it? I, I, I believe, first. Yeah. And uh, they had a, a few songs before they even changed the name to Black Sabbath. That were kind of like that were even on the even first even album even, even War Pigs was like a different song at one point too. Like yeah. it had different lyrics and stuff like that, but the same War medley. Pigs a great fucking song. Definitely. You know, a funny side note though: yeah. while they were still the, under the name Earth, they um, they got this gig and. Uh, <laughs> Whoever booked them thought they were the other band Earth. Oh, so they shit. set up and they, you know, they were getting all this shit and together. They came and, on. and then noticing like the clientele coming in, are all like kind of like upscale looking, and they're all like dressed up and shit. So uh, <laughs> they realized that the, the, the other band was the one that 
whoever booked them, they thought it was them. Yeah. So they started playing, and everybody started like, <laughs> yeah. filing out. And they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And they oh, got kicked shit. off the stage. Oh, so man. they're like, "All right, we don't want this to happen again. So we're gonna have to change, have change, to change, the, name. change the name." Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there was also there was also a, a, a night that Butler had a, a visit by a, a supernatural creature in his bedroom. It was like a silhouetted black. Thing in his room that scared the shit out of him. Yeah, and I read about that. Yeah, so that happened all around the same time that they called themselves Black Sabbath. You think Sabbath really came I, to him? Probably. Cause they were they're one of the few um, bands that are associated with the whole. Um, well, I only ad- I, I, I admitted like many times he was into the occult. So was Jimmy Page. Yeah, Jimmy Page was way into oh, the yeah. occult. Probably Didn't he more. Buy Alice at Crowley's yeah. house. Yeah, he did. So that shit really read that shit. Probably send him a message because so, you remember all the rumors if you would play either a kid's or a Metallica album back with Black Sabbath. Yeah. There was. Judas Priest was another like, band. Shit there. Yeah. Shit in yeah. Uh, a lot of that was bullshit, but I mean, I think that uh, probably he did see something and that inspired some of the lyrics in there and everything too. Maybe he was just fucking high. Probably. <laughs> yeah. They did a lot of ass. He acid. was probably tripping on that. a lot of ass. I saw a few things myself <laughs> back in the day. Now, the song. Black Sabbath, okay, uses, and we just touched on this, um, a musical, what's called a, a tritone, okay? Now, it was the called Devil's The Devil's Interval. Interval or The Devil's Third. It was called either one. And in the Middle Ages, that was actually banned. Yeah, by the it, church. Like the beginning of the song Black Sabbath was like, bomb, 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 right? That's, 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 get that bomb. that's it, the flat that's the, fifth. Right, and it's considered evil. Evil? Like, yeah, it, it, it had no place in, uh, in like music, the church cla- music. Classical and because of the music and things that it represented, yeah. they thought it was like evil. So they, they thought it would conjure the devil. Played. Yeah. <laughs> so what do they do? They bring it out, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. And it works. Uh, I, I, I think I think that song, and the first we'll get into the album, but the, just the, the cover of the album and that first song is just so fucking creepy. Even now, like when you sit and listen to that, you're yeah. like, that's some creepy rain, shit. The rain the and the thunder and lightning and the bells. Yeah. And like, it's it's fucking, it just reminds it's me of those great. Old yeah. horror yeah. movies, man. Exactly. I mean, that's another thing is is uh, Sabbath is is one of, is one of the most misunderstood bands. I, you know, I think you, you listen to them and people think like, oh, they're evil. They really, no. they, their lyrics... They didn't wear upside down No, crosses. they didn't wear... In <laughs> fact, they, didn't, they wore crosses, but they were regular crosses. And it was because of uh, Ozzy's father to protect the, the band. Yeah, I think he made them. I think he made them in his yeah. basement or something, these crosses. Oh, yeah. They still have them, like crosses that the, Ozzy's father made. Um, you know, people thought they were evil. They, they were really more like the lyrics warded off evil or warned you of yeah, evil. Yeah, if you really paid attention. If you pay attention yeah. to it. But, you know, they, I'm sure they relished in the whole fucking thing anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, they were totally anti-hippie at a time when the hippie flower power shit was, was going. I mean, you know, same way Alice Cooper was, okay? You know, Alice Cooper, when they would play, clubs would clear out. Okay, we talked about that. We talked about that last time. Uh, you know what? Sabbath Alice, was, you know, Alice Cooper and and um, Ozzy got things in common. Yes, the live chicken, and they they drew the live fucking the bat. bat yeah, <laughs> well, I think well, Ozzy took it a step further. It's one thing to throw a chicken; it's another thing to bite a head off a bat. He thought they, they would do a bat, but it was a plastic one. He thought it was, he a, thought toy. It was a toy, but it was and real. Thing bat. Bit him, yeah. <laughs> and he had to go get rabies shots. 
Now, they would officially change their name to Black Sabbath in August of 1969, the month I was born, right? And uh, I was two months old. Yes, you were. <laughs> um, they, wanted, they, they knew at that point they wanted to continue writing songs that were kind of like horror-themed and, you know... That was the whole thing. That was the whole thing at that point. Uh, the first show as Black Sabbath was August 30th, 1969, so we just had the 50th anniversary of that. Uh, their first single was a song called Evil Woman, and that was released in November of that year on Phillips Records. Yeah, and then uh, a month later, the album came out, yes, right? Yes, right, right. Now, the first national exposure that they had in the UK, and they, and they, were, they were popular off the bat, you know, as Earth and, and Changing the Black Sabbath. Yeah. Um, but the first national exposure they had was on John Peel's radio show in 1969, and they performed uh, the song Black Sabbath, uh, NIB, Nativity in Black, and the song Behold, uh, Behind the Wall of Sleep and Sleeping Village. They did those four. And that kind of really, England woke up to the band, mm-hmm. you know. You well, want to hear something funny? Sure. When Black Sabbath released the first uh, self-titled album, Black Sabbath, the critic shit oh, on the every album. album. Every album. They say, this every sucks. Album. This is the yeah. worst shit ever. Before, and even, even before, okay, before they had an album out, they were a Birmingham band. And they hadn't played London yet. Okay, now, England's not a big place. So to not play London is a big thing. Okay, because you can get there very easily. And that's really where you want to go. But they really hadn't played there yet. But they were so huge yep. that everything they didn't was... Need to play all there. The music industry was based out of London. So they're like, they took it like, oh, these upstarts from, from Birmingham. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't play here yet. You know, and they would pan them. Even before they had an album out, they were like, oh, they suck. <laughs> You know, don't go see them. But, yeah, I know. Now, Evil Woman, the single, didn't chart, but uh, the money they did get from it actually went to recording the first album, uh, that which they started doing in November of 69. Uh, the great thing about this, and as, as all great albums, and I, the Ramones come to mind, is they recorded this in two days. All right? Basically, it was, it was recorded live in the studio. Yeah. And next, the next, there was almost no overdubbing. Everything was one take. Mm-hmm. Okay, and well, their budget kind of required them to. to yeah, they didn't yeah, have, but they, they probably could have went more than two days. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but they probably could have gone more than two days in the studio. The second day was just for mixing. But that's almost like when this guy um, Danzig sold his fucking record company for thirty hours in the studio. That tells you yeah. how much. Well, it costs stu- to studio, studio studio time is precious. Yeah, you know, especially if you don't have any money. I mean, you want to get everything down while you're hot. Right. You know? Um, but, but these guys were like, they did one they album. They did like and two they, albums in that year. In yeah, they did. They did. So they like, would how do. many people do that even now? No, no, they never see it anymore. Like, people no. do an album. Do years take, like, between albums. Yeah. yeah, a person do an album. Yeah, the person plays, like, makes an album now. Then you, you hear the, uh, the song for like almost a year or two. And they won't come for another album until like maybe four years. And maybe sometimes, eight years. Uh, even you know, Sabbath is an example. Sometimes record companies would have a new album and they would hold back the release because your last album is still in the charts right. and it's doing okay. Yeah. So why, why, you know, saturate it with another with another album and then there's just too much. Yeah. You know, it's like if we got too many podcasts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, now that album, uh, Black Sabbath, was produced by Roger Bain, who did the first three. Actually, from them, it was actually um, good. It was released on Friday the thirteenth, nineteen seventy, <laughs> and it would get to appropriately, Perfect. and it would get to number eight in the UK, 
okay? And it was released in May of 70 uh, and got to number 23 in the Billboard 200 album charts. So right out of the gate, these guys, were, these guys were popular yeah. right out of the gate. Let me ask you, when did they start hitting America? When was that? The, after the second album. After the, second, after the first album. Yeah, they, 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 didn't, they didn't tour America on that album, no. No, but I mean, was it popular here, even though the Black Sabbath? Well, it got to number 23. Yeah, and that's here, right? That's here, okay. yeah, Billboard. So, okay. yeah, I mean, uh, there were no singles off it in America, but they weren't really a singles band. Their, no. their singles never really did well in the States. In England, they did a little bit better. Um, critics hated the album, like you say, you know, oh, yeah. right off the bat. Uh, but it did stay in the charts for over a year yep. in America, okay? Now... Later in 1970, uh, in about June, they started recording a second album. And uh, they just had a lot of material, and it was time to do a second one. And they couldn't call that album War Pigs after the song. Mm-hmm. But in the last minute, Warner Brothers, who had signed them, uh, in the last minute, really almost without their knowledge, like changed it to Paranoid. Because of the Vietnam War was Yeah, because War Pigs was an anti-war song. Uh, the Vietnam War was raging. They probably felt it was too controversial to have a song called, uh, an album called War Pigs. They didn't have a problem with the song being on the album. They just didn't want it to be there. But that's why when you look at that album, Paranoid, it's kind of a strange album cover. It's like... The guy with the sword. It, the guy with the sword. It almost <laughs> looks like a pig, though. Just, like there's a pig, there's a pink kind of face almost on it, you know? I just name Paranoid. So oh yeah, like, it was meant to be. Even though they won a war, Paranoid sounds so much better. Yeah. Well, you know, Paranoid was the last song written for the album. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they needed one more track to fill out the album. They didn't have enough songs, so they basically Iomi wrote it in 25 minutes. Okay, and uh, they came up with the lyrics right away. And, and it, it was, was a simplistic sounding kind yeah. of riff, but it was, look how classic it turned yeah. out to be. Now yeah. that song, you know. It's funny, there's certain bands that you could point to that are like points in history that affect later on, okay? Uh, the MC5 is one, the Stooges are one, mm-hmm. Black Sabbath's definitely one. And, you know, I consider Paranoid almost like a proto-punk song. It was covered by punk bands later on, like the Dickies would do it and a few other people. Oh, yeah, but the structure. Of the, the structure, it was, it, it, became, it became the, the, the simplicity of it. Take care, Mario. Shout hey, out guys. to you, oh, everybody. Yeah. Go to the Odessa. Tip Mario well. Yeah, tip him well. He's, well, he, he works he's, he's hard. He's a hardworking waiter over there. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. <laughs> Don't melt on the way over there. It's pouring out. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, they're definitely a, a, a heavy metal originator. Definitely. And, and, and you could say that, you know, some of the punk bands were definitely influenced. Oh, absolutely. Especially on the English side, but, you know. But let me tell you, there was, that sound was something you didn't hear in a long time. There wasn't even, so nothing that sounded like that There was nothing that the sounded time. like that. It was like, holy absolutely. shit, motherfucker. And you could throw on the first Sabbath album now, or Paranoid, or any, you know, the first three or four, and there's really, even today, there's nothing. It's timeless. It's timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, the Paranoid would be released as a single in September of 70. And it actually, that got them their first number one. Wow. As a single in the UK. Uh, it was released, uh, the album was released in October of 70, and that got to number one as well. Yep. So that, that bust the door open for them. Uh, um, a month later, in uh, January 1971, it was released in the US, 
And that album, uh, they, they, they held off a little bit because the first album was in the charts. Yeah. So they wanted to wait a month or two to, to release it. Uh, that was the, the album that would bring them here. Okay, it was the first time they were going to play the States. And the very first gig they did in the United States was right here in New York City at a club called Ungano's at 210 West 70th Street. Gee, I don't even Sounds know like what that Italian is. Sounds like an Italian restaurant. Or <laughs> yeah, I don't. That almost sounds like what the old China Club I don't used even, to be, like in seventy China, something. China no, Club was seventy two, I think. Seventy second Street. Yeah, this was two ten West seventieth. That wasn't the China Club was on seventy second, right? I think it was in the West Side. It was like on yeah. Broadway. You would go, and then they moved it to somewhere else. They moved it into like forty something Street and Eighth Avenue. Holy shit! I was there a couple of times. I was there a few times. It was yeah, a good place. Yeah, yeah. Now Paranoid would get to number twelve. In the U.S. album charts in March of '71, so yeah. literally two months, and they're right there. So they're right there. The critics. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> the thing with the critics and 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 guys like uh, Rolling Stone panned them always. Oh yeah. Uh, Lester Bangs, when he was writing for Rolling Stone, panned them, and I like Lester Bangs, and he panned them at first. I used to read Lester Bangs when he moved over to Cream. I I don't remember him working for Rolling Stone, but. Um, can I tell you yeah. how I got into um, how I got into Black Sabbath? Sure. So there used to be this tag team called the Raw Warriors, Hawk and Animal, and it was these two giant motherfuckers from Chicago. They would wear one had a mohawk, one had a reverse mohawk. They would wear war paint, and they would come out to the song "I and Iron Man," and then they would walk to the crowd, and the crowds attacking them. Yeah. They would go into the ring. Beat the living shit out of their opponent <laughs> yeah. and go back out. Because they, they weren't great. They were just brothers. There were two guys and that would leave. Wow. And well. they would leave to the music. And they would leave to the music. And that was <laughs> the great. opening closing. There was the theme song was I am. And they would call you here. Dan, 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 that doesn't dan. get you psyched. What the and, you yeah. see, and the crowd would fucking lose it. And these yeah. brutes would come. I don't beat the living shit out of these people. And, and that's it. And then I said, who the fuck sings that? I made my dad. I want to. That's the devil's music. <laughs> it's the devil's music. Yeah, my mother was like, "What are you listening to? This sounds no, evil." Never mind. Yeah, never mind. Dad, I'll, I'll put dad, headphones on. But my dad, but my dad, yeah, well, he still got me the album. He went to the yeah. store and got me the album. Yeah, yeah. He got me a few albums actually. The the first the first Sabbath song I ever heard, I think, was was Paranoid, and uh, I remember I must have been about twelve years old, maybe something like that. I, I remember I, I used to have a paper route. Okay, <laughs> and uh, I used to deliver the Daily News. And you didn't throw them in the sewer and pretend no, you delivered them? No, I actually delivered them <laughs> and collected and got bit by a dog, too, and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh, you had other kids collect your, yeah, yeah. your money. Eventually, I had three, so I was like a pimp paper boy, man, after a while. Man. I was like three, you know, th- three fucking routes. You know how commercial that fucking Metatic, I mean, uh, Black Sabbath guy, that they even used, there's that commercial that they used to song with a family. The Which kid, one? the, the kid that did it, it's a it's a car commercial. Yeah, what song? Go, dun, 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 no, no, it's Ozzy. It's Ozzy Ozzy's solo. Yeah, the, I, I'm just yeah. saying that that's how fucking that they're now using shit for commercials. Like and 35, like, 35 years, thirty five years Even ago, Ozzy they wasn't and, little, like satanic people. Were like he was like was sick. Yeah, he was just out of his <laughs> mind. He was out of drugs his mind. and alcohol. Everything. I remember watching. You ever seen the show The Osborne? Yeah. 
That motherfucker was fucked he was up. Crazy. He was crazy. They, you know, I, I watched it a few times and I just, I felt I, bad I just, for him. Yeah, I couldn't go yeah. through with it. I, 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 I like, I, I, I what did they do to this guy? And you gotta watch it with the censor because with his censor, so much better. Oh yeah, because they bleep out every because every curses all the time. It was Sharon. I, I, always, I always, I would watch it, but after a while I would turn it off because I felt bad for him. It was like, they're just exploiting like, him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, they made him look stupid. But talk about Iron Man. That would be the second single. Yeah. All right. And that came out um, based on the fact of the success of the U.S. tour. They said, okay, we're going to throw another single. Yeah, it had nothing it was to Iron do Man. with a comic book. Or a comic book. No, Iron Man. Did they ever? Did they ever? There was no. In that there was no of, connection. No, no, no. I'm surprised Marvel never. Yeah, had nothing to do with the a Marvel with, uh, never. Hey, you, can't, now, you, know, <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't. You, you can't sing a song about Iron Man. It's no, they never. Rights. They never. They never went there with that. I don't know. When did Iron Man start though? The comic? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, seventies. I'm not no, sure. It, it might have been. When I don't was, think, was it the sixties? Was it late sixties, early seventies? It might have been the late sixties. So they would have known about it. They wouldn't know about yeah. it. Yeah. But now there's some people, and I, you know, what does Iron Man mean? Okay, the lyrics. I've heard different things, and one thing I heard that was really interesting is Iron Man's supposed to be Jesus Christ. Yeah, guy. Um, it's never it's supposed to be yeah. like yeah, like if you listen to the words. I don't know what where he says he's about. he's you know looking down on yeah. the world and he's like down you know man. and watching everything and you know and some of the other lyrics I don't know I mean who knows what the hell it's about what else have you heard that it means because that's the devil oh, yeah. oh, that's, yeah. like, like, like religious like my head yeah, doesn't seem to match up to Jesus yeah. <laughs> yeah well he would come again has he lost his mind can he see or is he blind I don't know well like you're questioning like they're questioning you know Jesus, or I don't know. I think it's a well, stretch. Well, has he it's lost his mind? I can see. It's probably whole, a stretch. You, know, you see a prophet, you think they're crazy anyway. Right? Yeah. Preaching. Yeah. Street. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Could be Jesus' second coming for I all we know. I can say here, you just fucking karate chopped him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now I can save you. <laughs> <laughs> In February of seventy-one. Um, they did a one-off performance in Australia at the uh, Maipanga Pop Festival. And right after that, they would return to the UK to record a third album. And Master Reality. Right. Now, because of the success of the first two that was albums, album Master Reality. that's my favorite that's album. That's my favorite yeah, as well. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. first one I bought, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, the, six, first, the success of the first two albums, I mean, these guys were always big drinkers. Potheads drop ass and stuff like that, but by the time the third album was getting ready to be recorded, they were doing briefcases full of coke. <laughs> oh okay. yeah, that's right. And, I'm and they about. would have briefcases of cash and briefcases of coke. Okay, and it was really getting out of hand. Um, uppers, downers, quaaludes—they ah, were just consuming the good stuff. The gamut. Yeah, incredible <laughs> amounts of drugs. Uh, July of seventy-one, Masses of Reality would be released. And it would be top 10 in the U.S. and the U.K. at the same wow. time. Wow, uh, huge. Think of the tracks on this album. Children of the Grave. Ooh, great song. Sweet Leaf is the opening song. Yeah. Okay. Into the uh, Void. Into the Void. All right. Great song. And, good. Right, too, right, right, right. Now, it was, it was panned again. The critics said, this is shit. Okay. Hell was shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, June of 72, uh, they basically were fatigued and out of it from all kinds of drug abuse. And uh, they were gonna start work on a fourth album, but they had to take some time off. 
But going back to Mass's reality for a second, the opening track is Sweet Leaf. Yeah. Now, the only criticism I have pretty much of that album is I think that's a shitty opening song. What do you think? I, I agree. I think it should have started with Children of the Grave. Oh, yeah, that build up yeah, in the beginning. Right. Yeah. It, sweet, sweet, sweet Leaf, sweet leaf like could have been the, in the middle. In the middle, or yeah. even the last song might have been funny. Yeah. You know, something like that. It doesn't matter, okay, because, you know, with CDs, you could do it out of a shuffle, or right. you don't have to listen to it any order you want. Uh, but other than that, I think it's a fucking perfect album from beginning to end, you know, into the void. I, mean, I used to play it constantly, yeah. man. <laughs> Amazing shit. Love that album. Yeah. Uh, the fourth album when they were going to do it was going to be recorded in Los Angeles and they were starting to get interested in kind of expanding the sound uh, they wanted to have strings, piano some That's orchestral with a different parts producer now. yeah, right, they're with a different producer uh, I hate when you, you, know, you got a good formula and you decide to change it even one ingredient could just set things off well, it, 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 happened, it happened with a lot of bands yeah, uh, why, why change fix something that's not broken it, it happened with a lot of bands Alice Cooper you know Bob Ezrin doing the first few albums and then all of a sudden they're not going to use them and that album's weak yeah Muscle of Love you know good album but just weaker compared to the others you know um, there was a lot, again a lot of drugs involved and they probably weren't thinking clearly uh, there's a track on that fourth album which would be called Volume 4 uh, which is to me a Stupid the lack title. of uh, an idea for a title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, I think it was Bill Ward that Absolutely. that said, you know, well, we don't have like a volume one, two, or three, so why are we calling it volume four? You know. Yeah. But that's what they called it. Now there's a track on there called Cornucopia, and Bill Ward would actually almost get fired from the band based on the way he acted around that song. He didn't want to do that song, it, and it had like some strange parts in it that either he couldn't play or he didn't want to play he just didn't agree with the arrangement right. of the song and uh, he was bitching about it eventually he would even complain on the way it sounded on the album and at one point he like just walked away from the recording of it for a little while mm -hmm. and he, he thought Iommi was going to fire him you know but it didn't happen uh, track on there that's, that's great is uh, Snowblind okay and uh, okay now Ward hated the title right of that of the album and by it would be uh, released in September of '72, and it would go would go, would go gold within a month. So even though it's not wow. one of their stronger albums, it was still doing fucking great. Um, most they, albums, they, they, all the albums actually did pretty good. Yeah, they probably they yeah. had commercial success so fast. Right. And they really never had like a low point. Even a shitty album of fucking Black Sabbath is a lot better than any. Yeah, most people started with or whatever. They, they, they would release in the United States a single, uh, Tomorrow's Dream, okay, a rare single in the States, and it didn't chart, unfortunately. But another world tour was going to commence, and more drug excess and abuse and, and everything yeah, was yeah. going on. That's right, I like the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> they would return to L.A. in uh, 73 to record a fifth album, but due to the drug abuse issues that was going on and fatigue, they couldn't come up with anything. It just the creativity was starting to be tapped out. Uh, Iommi said he couldn't come up with anything and he was angry because he felt if he didn't come up with anything, the other guys were just sitting on their asses not right. doing anything. It was up to him well, all he's the time. A, he was the lyricist. Yeah, but he wasn't going to come up with any of the music, and Iommi couldn't. Right. There was just nothing that he could... He just They were all fucked up, basically. Yeah. They needed time off 
But you know, when you're on a roll like that, four albums in in three years. Yeah, you want okay. You want you don't want people to forget about you. You got to keep coming up. Yeah, two of those albums came out within within the same year. Same year, first two, right? Yep. So what they would do is uh, after a month of just dilly dallying around, nothing going on, they would actually leave and go to England, and they rented uh, what was called the Clearwell Castle in a place called the Forest of Dean. And they would actually rehearse in the dungeons of this castle. <laughs> for inspiration. Yeah, for inspiration. <laughs> and it was so creepy down there. Iomi was like instantly sparked with creativity. They were playing down there. And uh, in the dungeons down there was where he came up with the riff for Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Which would be, which would be that album. Right. You know? And uh, they would start recording in England at Morgan Studios in London. Uh, that album would be experimental too. They would have songs with strings, synthesizers, uh, a lot of complex arrangements. Um, they brought in uh, Rick Wakeman from Yes to play keyboards on that as a session player on the song uh, Sabra Cadaver. So November of 73, they, that album would be released, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Now that's a epic classic. Oh yeah. You know, uh, I wouldn't say it's not a it's not a throwback. I would see it's funny, you look at the history of the band, you'd think they would be due to do like a throwback to paranoid kind of album, but it's not. It's almost a concept album in a way. The albums the songs kind of gel together, maybe not under one theme, but I always felt like, you know, the opening track, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, going into the other songs, it just all blends right really well. Um, the critics were now starting to wake up, okay, with this album. And uh, they would late say, to the party, late to the party as usual. <laughs> and uh, they would say, you know, this is an epic album. It's captivating. You got to listen to it. Rolling Stone gave it a good review. Uh, it you would know go- what happened when bands do that? They decide they to quit. They, they break, break up. up. <laughs> you like us now? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. I'm out. Yep. Yep. We always we always talk about the jam. Man. Yeah, the that. jam. Yep. Now that album will go to number four in the UK, and it will go to number eleven here in the states. Uh, January of 74, their world tour began in California. Uh, they were playing in front of uh, 200,000 fans with Deep Purple, wow. the Eagles, ELP, uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, Black Oak, which would be a Black, Oak Arkansas. Black Oak, Arkansas, which if you think about it, Black Sabbath and Earth, Wind & Fire that's on the same note. That's, <laughs> that's, that's weird. That's An eclectic. Now, yeah. Now, <laughs> they, they, that wasn't the only time they had a weird bill. There was a bill... I think in 76 or early 77 where they were on tour and, and, and the opening band, I forget who it was, had to cancel. Uh, and they got the Ramones. The Ramones, right. right? Yeah. And they, it was at Nassau Coliseum <laughs> and it was going to be a one-off night. The Ramones were going to open yeah, first. Yeah, the fans weren't too uh, and that, that's welcoming they, to the they, Ramones. They booed, they threw shit at them. Oh, at the yeah, Ramones. Yeah. You know, and so. I, think, I think that's the show possibly where, where at the end like Johnny Ramone gave the finger to the crowd. I think at the end, <laughs> yeah, you know. But now, now that would be if you think about it. If you went back in time, that would be a perfect bill. Yeah. But then you couldn't have that. You know what was going on I with the punk why. scene, because yeah, what was weird. going on in the punk yeah. scene and the metal scene was totally different yeah. things. You know, uh, they would be on TV with this uh, this gig in California with Deep Purple and the Eagles and all that. That would actually be on ABC and it, it exposed them even more to a question. national audience. Yeah. They, how come they didn't pick like New York to be called? Why did they pick um, California? Good question. 
I think probably you know Warner Brothers. Was it the record studio. Probably that Warner Brothers called the shots, called okay. the shots on okay. that. I imagine more than anything. Maybe they just like California. Yeah, because I know? know in New York there was a lot of because they would they would record later stuff in Miami. Oh, okay. Maybe they, they like warm, the warm. They yeah. wanted warm, warm climates. Maybe I don't. I don't know from where they came from. You know, they probably yeah. haven't yeah. seen too much. Of that. Right, right. Now it would be during this tour in '74 that the band would change management and go with the famous Don Arden. Yeah. Now, for people who don't know, Sharon Arden, mm-hmm. who became Sharon Osborne, mm-hmm. is Don Arden's daughter. Yeah. So yeah. she was always. She wasn't involved with Ozzy at the Not at that time, but she knew him. You know, because no. her father was managing the band. Um, this actually created a, a legal issue with their with their current management. And at one point during a show, Ozzy was on stage and he was handed a subpoena really? on stage. I never heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah, that being on stage. Yeah. You've been back. served. You've been served. <laughs> Can't say it's not you. <laughs> Should have hit him with the mic stand. Yeah, yeah. February of 75, they would start recording a new album called Sabotage. Uh, they wanted to bring back a, a rock record, so yeah. this is what I'm saying. It was like at this point they decided to yeah. kind of go back, back a little bit, their, uh, back to their roots a little roots. bit. Yeah. Now the single off that uh, would be the song "Am I Going Insane?" Okay, <laughs> and that album would be the top twenty in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, you also had a "Hole in the Sky," symptoms, that, yeah, "Symptoms of the Universe." Both of them, classic. both of them, Tidia did a great version of that. Right, right. Both of them would be in the lineup for the tours forever. You know, after that to the end. Um, the third album was still the best album that they. I still, I love the third album. The third album of the of Metallica. I mean, um, oh, Sabbath? Sabbath. Yeah, Sabbath? I thought that album was the best. Uh, yeah, the one right after Paranoid. That yes. was like a first Mass album. Mass of Reality. Yeah, Mass yeah of I, 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 I think it is. I think it is. But a close second. It was is, one is of the, my favorites. The first album. The first yeah, album was the great first too. album's a close second. But Mass of Reality, I think, is their best. Just I will go with Children Master, of the Grave you know, is one of my me, favorites. I will go with Master of Reality and then Paranoid. I love the Paranoid album so much. Those three are fucking perfect. Yeah, you know. Uh, during that tour in 75, Ozzy would be in a motorcycle accident and they had to cut the tour short in November of that year because he had like a back injury. He yeah. fucked up. Um, the record company in 75, because the tour got shortened in December of that year, they released, without the band knowing it, a greatest hits called We Sold Our Souls on Rock and Roll. Now well, that's the... Two-disc album, the, right? two, It's a double up. Uh, is it? I believe so. I bought it on cassette. Believe it or not, I don't. I don't know. So it's an extended. Uh, was it an extended play? It's only like cassette. it's only like thirteen songs or something. It could be a whole album. I gotta look that up. I, I, I'm not I sure. Thought, I was under the impression it was a two disc record. I, I could be wrong. I I, I don't recall. <laughs> I didn't get that. it. No. Yeah, that's actually the first Sabbath album I ever bought. The compilation. Yeah, and I can remember like I was telling telling the story before. Is I heard Paranoid. And I'm like, this song is fucking great, okay? And I was, when I was 12, 13, I, my, my musical tis, I was going in all different directions. I was really into things like The Doors, but then I was listening to like, you know, Black Flag. You know? <laughs> Black so Flag. I wasn't sure cool. like what, what direction to go, right. you know? And I'm hearing Paranoid for the first that's time, probably, probably on the radio, I Did think. Did we do Black Flag yet? I think that's no. like one of the bands we gotta do, Black Flag. Yeah, we can Flag. get to that, we can get to that. I tell you, we even gotta do Kiss. 
we got to get to that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I gave you a list for for November. Yeah. Yeah. I think this maybe 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 in in January after the January. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. We got to do the cramps also. That's oh yeah. That's don't spend too much time on the elder or the solo. No, 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 no. We'll talk about. We'll talk about. Even in January, we'll start with that. We'll do kids. We'll do back flags and the cramp for December. All right. I mean, good. for January. Okay. Starting the first year, because December we'll probably do a few less shows because it's Christmas. Or we'll probably do a bunch of shows at one I'm time. I'm thinking about doing a recap for last episode of the year. Kind of do like a oh, recap yeah, and of the yeah, year. That's good. Kind of thing. You know, last, last we should do idea. that. We should do that for the conspiracy. We go through everything. <laughs> go through everything. Right? Recap the conspiracy. The best of conspiracy shows. Okay. Oh, I can actually take a bunch of clips, cut it, and put it together I can do that yeah now the, the the album we sold our souls for rock and roll it's a good collection but there's I, I feel there's stuff left off there you know that that could have been on there I wonder like who chose the, the band the, the band the, the, the band, band no, yeah, no the band had, the record label. the record they didn't even know the album was coming out okay and I, I gotta mention too and this is this is part of the thing of buying it this was the first album I ever bought from Black Sabbath and I remember going to the going to the store with money in my hand, and looking in the Sabbath section, and uh, paranoid, right? I'm like, okay, do I get the whole album paranoid with the song on there? And but then I see the greatest hits, but then I see the first album with that creepy witch on the cover and the house in the back and everything, right? <laughs> and I didn't know any of the songs on there, I don't think. And you know, I'm 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 looking at it and I'm like. This is some scary shit. I'm not buying this now. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I thought you were going to say that you got in. That was the reason. No, why. no, no. I, I totally pussied out. Okay, and, and I got we sold Bitch. our souls for rock and roll, which had like you know the S looked like the Kiss S, you oh, know, yeah, like it yeah, had yeah. like the, the like a lightning bolt kind right. of thing. And I was like, all right, that seems all right. And it had paranoid. But then it was the greatest hits, and I heard songs from the first album on it. Eventually, went back and and bought That's it. The first you know? album, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I was a bit of a pussy on that one. All right, Judas. I wish you were listening to Black Flag. Yeah. Back then I was like listening to Billy Joel and Kiss and the Beatles. Yeah. I, fucking, <laughs> oh, I cannot tell you my hatred for Billy Joel. I never, I never liked Billy. Well, you Joel. know what? It was, uh, when I was, it was 1977, and. Um, the Strange had come out. I know we're getting off topic, but I'll make it quick. But that make was it like, real quick. That was my first, the first <laughs> album I ever like, had gotten. I wanted it as a as a present for my birthday because I heard like uh, only the good die young, and they kept playing it on the Face radio. It, it's just because and I like that song. <laughs> only it's because you're gay, Vinny. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> Well, I still haven't seen him. You won't. I would. I would. He sold his soul to say. Yeah. He he saw, to be this big for 50 years, please. It's about to play its like 72nd consecutive show at the fucking. And people Dawn actually go to like every one, like they've been to all of them. Like That's you need to die, like man. Fish, you have no man. fucking life. Right? You know how much people money do you like have fish. to fucking yeah, spend exactly. on this shit? What does he charge, man? It's oh, nuts. Oh, sure it's three hundred dollars to sit in the parking lot. You yeah. know, I'd rather see Elton John, and he's he's fucking gay and entertaining. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see fucking Billy Joel. Yep, yep, yep. We got 15 minutes. All right. June of 76, uh, Criterion Studios in Miami, they would start recording a new album. At that point, the band uh, added a keyboard player named Jerry Woodruff to the band, and they would start recording the Technical Ecstasy album, which is 
Yeah. Not my favorite. Not anybody's favorite. I don't know anybody who says that. Uh, it was at this point Ozzy begins losing interest in the band. It's obvious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's admitted to Stafford County Asylum in Britain for substance abuse mm-hmm. and crazy behavior. Uh, the album would be released in September 76, Technical Ecstasy, and it was it got mixed but mostly negative reviews. Suck. Okay. It did. Uh, it was. It was. It was, it was less. It was. It was less. Not less ominous. Not there was. There was nothing. Hour. There was nothing of the past. Like no heaviness of the album on anything. It was like up tempo rock songs, but it wouldn't even crack the top forty. There was a song on there called "Dirty Women," which is probably like the only the only good song, decent song opinion. on there. Yeah. And yeah, that song was trash. Too. I just, yeah, I mean, well, but, trash. Yeah. but when you compare it to the rest of the album, it's if the they only... have to. That if you have the thing that kind of stood out. If you're going to do one song yeah. live, it'll That'd be that one. That, yeah, that, that would be it. That and they did do I that song, the right? Call, they the do guitar, that song, right? right? They would do it time to time, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Um, I think they did it on that live. One, one other this. slightly interesting thing about that album is Bill Ward would get his first lead vocal in the song It's All Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody right. forgets that. Yeah, yeah. They toured with Boston that year, Ted Nugent and ACDC. All opening for them, but Boston still is. That doesn't make sense. Boston, Boston, and, and Sabbath. Yeah, that must have been weird. I think Bill Ward did that vocal because didn't Ozzy leave and they brought somebody Ozzy, else in I, for Ozzy, a very short no, time? No, it's after that. That's oh, coming okay. up after that. Um, late '77, while working um, on on uh, another album. Let me see what is this? Late '77, worked on the next album. Okay. Ozzy quits the band in the middle of that. That's the Never Say Die. Okay. Right. Now, I only called in singer Dave Walker, uh, who had previously been a member of Savoy Brown and early Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Pre, right. pre Stevie Nicks and yeah. shit like that, when they were Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac, uh, to fill in with the vocals. Now, Parker worked in the studio with Black Sabbath and did one live performance with them on TV. It was a BBC show called Look and Hear. And they performed the song Junior's Eyes, which would be on uh, Never Say Die. Okay. Um, Walker, there's a story where Walker runs into Ozzy in a pub in Birmingham during this time. They were recording that album in England. Mm -hmm. And uh, he runs into him and they have a conversation. And Walker got away from it. Walker Walker walked away, thinking, (laughs) thinking that Ozzy was not serious about leaving Black Sabbath, that he really did not want to leave the band. Um, Ozzy at that point, I I think he was trying to make a stand. He put like a solo project together, uh, but in the middle of recording or starting to rehearse, he leaves that and he goes back in January of 78 to Black Sabbath. He just has cold feet and he goes back. Uh, But, the problem was with this is Ozzy insisted that he wouldn't do any of the songs he that they already they the and what the other guy had written. <laughs> okay, he wasn't going to do any of that stuff. Um, basically, they had to rewrite the whole album. Okay, so <laughs> and they only had like a couple of days to do it. So it was something like three days and before they were going to officially start recording. So the whole thing was done over. Uh, it actually took them five months to record that album, Never Say Die. Uh, in September of 78, it would be released and go to number 12 in the UK, but it would only get to number 69 in America. Uh, they would actually perform, uh, I think, the title track on top of the pops. Mm-hmm. Uh, they began a world tour that year in 78, and they had Van Halen, Van Halen. Open, opening up. Now, this was an important point because 
you had Ozzy, who really, even though he came back, on the decline. he was on the decline. He really wasn't Van interested. Van on the incline. Exactly, <laughs> on, the, on the ascent. And Van Halen, I mean, you ask anybody that went on that tour, and they say Van Halen blew, blew, off the blew Sabbath off the stage. Okay, Van Halen just, was very good. At I, that I, point, I, yeah. I, there's only, there's, the only there Van Halen that energetic. Is the one with David Lee Roll. The other yep. with Sammy. Oh, so Van Hagar. Van Hagar. Van Halen died after 19... Well, with 1984. With 19... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything before 1984 I can listen to. Especially yeah. the first two or three. Uh, 1984 is like half yeah. I can listen to. But not... Yeah. Too many people. How least How for the teacher out. is still one of my favorite songs. That's okay. Oh, the video was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. And those were the days when a video could make a song. Really, yeah. it didn't even have to be a good song. The video was great, um, but again, they were they were kind of on the decline. Van Halen was on the ascent, blew them off the stage. I think that had a lot of effect on the band. Um, oh, of course, drugs and alcohol were not helping. Yeah. And uh, drugs, you know, I, 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 I only always, I always, <laughs> admitted that the band did Suck drugs, even during that time. Okay, but. He would always say Ozzy takes it to a different level. Ozzy yeah. takes it to a totally yeah. different level. You can see, you can tell. Look at him and the Osborne. And, 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 and April, in April of '79, Iomi would fire. Yeah. Ozzy. Well, his input in the band was, was, was he wasn't inputting. He wasn't inputting. He was he fucking had, wasted all the time. You know, and he wasn't really the lyricist, but he would he would have an input into some of the lyrics. But he was the the guy who would write the melody line, how to sing the lyrics. Now I want to. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you're here because I want to talk to you a little bit about what happened after. All right. Now, Ronnie James Dio would join the band in 79. Uh, the, the period through 79 and 82 was the, the Dio years, basically. Mm -hmm. And they had two albums, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. Mob Rules. Now, to me, it was a different band. It was. Totally different band. It was totally uh, different band. Dio's vocal style was totally different. Ozzy, if you listen to the way he sings, most songs he does, he sings with the riff. Okay? Right. Where Dio sang across the riff. Dio was a better singer. Yeah, and it was uh, melodic. He was, a, he was melodic. He was, yes. a he was a way better singer than Ozzy. Ozzy... what you would call a vocalist. A vocalist, <laughs> right. But I, I just could never get into those albums. I, how do you feel I about like Heaven them, and Hell? If you, if you, well, I like them both, actually. But... Yeah. It's not true Black Sabbath to no. me at the same time. If they would have called it another band, right, another name. If you just take it as it's, it's just another band. If it was just called something else, and you and you listen to it, and you liked Heavy Metal, you'd be like, "Wow, this is fucking awesome! I, I like this." Yeah. But when you when you associate it under the title Black Sabbath, you're always gonna think of Ozzy. Oh yeah, yeah. And the styles were different because now. The singer's styles are different. The songwriting was different because Ronnie James Dio, you know, he now was writing songs as well. He's writing the lyrics. And man. then the drama changed. Bill Ward was there in the beginning, but then they got Vinnie Appice. Yeah, or a, a piece, a piece, piece. Vinnie, Vinnie a piece. Yeah, a piece. Yeah. yeah, and he played totally different. Totally as well. different. Yeah, they right. sound they sound different. So now, now the whole dynamic of the band. Now a lot strange. of a lot of bands that they I they should have dropped the black and just called a Sabbath. That, that probably would have been good. Yeah, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what, one band, opinion. one band, you know, was influenced by Black Sabbath was Anthrax. Okay, they did that great oh, cover yeah. of of Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And I remember an interview where, you know, Scott Ian says, you know, of course he loves all the Aussie Black Sabbath, but he loves Mob Rules. Yeah. And I always thought that was kind of interesting because it's really such if you, it's nothing like anything yeah, of the Aussie years at all. You know, it's totally different. Um, also, uh, 
like I said, the early stuff with, with Ozzy, the first few albums, the songs are kind of warning against evil. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to some of the lyrics in uh, the Dio years, that that's just evil. Yeah. Just, that, they're, yeah. they're they're like talking about talking uh, about the devil and everything. Yeah, different standpoint, from a different, a different point. point of view. Now, was Ronnie James Dio a Satanist? Not to my knowledge. Yeah. You know, I don't know too much of his uh, background and uh, what his beliefs were, his ethos. Well, he was <laughs> he was in that band. Oh, it doesn't matter to me, but he was in that band Elf. Right. Right before yeah. and before then, uh, Rainbow. Rainbow, of course. Right before that. Uh, now. He would last for those two albums. They'd have to get another single because he would leave. And this was uh, the album Born Again, right? Between 83 and 84. They got Ian Gillen, singer of Deep Purple. Now, the only thing I liked at all out of this was Zero the Hero. Yeah, that's yeah. the only that's song the, I can actually... The rest is shit. Total shit. That, ...that he sang on. Yeah. I'm sure I've heard the others, but they just... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> didn't stick in my memory. Now, 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 real, real quick, let's let's talk about the reunion shows because Black Sabbath would get back together. Yep. Ozzy would have a fantastic solo career. If we have a minute, we'll talk about some of that stuff. But uh, the reunion shows. Now, you saw which one? Uh, it was one, the right? first Ozfest, I believe, at the PNC. What year was that? It was in '97. Yeah, six minutes. I, yeah, Bill Ward was was doing it, I believe. Right. Or what? Was he? Well, he did the album, the reunion album, which right. was his live. He was on that. Right. I can't recall if he was still doing the shows when I, when I got to Sam. You know, that was a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah. I saw Ozzy solo with Metallica opening. That's with, the with, first with, time with I saw Burton. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, was at there. that show. I was at that show. At the Coliseum. Yep, 1986. I was yeah. there. It was Master still, of Puppets. I was still in high school. For, um, I was in senior year, I think. For Metallica. Yep. And Ultimate Right Sin. before Burton died. That was a great fucking album, Master of Puppets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was the last great album. But t- tell us about the, the, the last Sabbath album. Because they would record the album uh, 13, mm-hmm. right? That was the last one. Came out, what? 2014? 2013. 13. Yeah. They had that song, Is God Dead? With the question mark. Right, yeah. Is God Dead? That was, that was an alright song with Ozzy Rick singing. Rubin produced right, that. Right, right. Rubin produced Now, you saw him on that tour. How'd they sound? Uh, I, I, I loved it. You know, yeah. they, they, you know, they had a different drummer. I can't even remember. Right. Ward, Ward wouldn't be in the band. That you know, that. Ozzy's voice, you know, it was hit and miss, shot, you yeah. know, but uh, what they did to kind of compensate, you know, his aging voice was, even though they tuned down normally like a half a step with the guitar, I think they tuned down like a whole step. So they, they were yeah. even lower in, in tone mm. to, you know, so he can even wow. handle the vocals even that much more. Wow. You know, I, I picked up on it. I'm sure, you know, if you're a musician, you would pick up on it. Maybe the normal... You know, listener probably went. You, where was it? The Coliseum or the Garden? Or? I saw them at the Garden. At the Garden. That's cool. That's cool. And, um, uh, yeah, it, it was great. You know, just because of who even the set, the set list too. You know, when they're, they're playing fucking into the void again, yeah. it's like wow, this is fucking. They amazing. hadn't done that in years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like, it was great. Yeah, it's cool. I loved it. Wow, wow. Um, Got to mention real quick about Ozzy's solo albums. Now, when he would leave the band in '79, he would get. A lineup together of Randy Rhodes on guitar, bassist uh, Bob Daisley, and drummer Lee Kerslake. Uh, they would record the album Blizzard of Oz in 80 and 81 Diary of a Madman. Now, 
Randy Rhodes is, I know, one of your favorite oh, yeah. guitar players. And as a, as, 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 as a guitar player that you are, you know, like, how did that influence how you played? Listening, <laughs> listening to Randy Rhodes. Wow. Uh, well, when it comes to, like, a style, um, he was very much into, like, uh, the classical thing aside, but, like, when he just played, like, rock and metal with the, the pentatonic scale yeah. and those fast runs through the pentatonic scale. And um, that, that was something, like, you know, people played, but he, he made it, like, very prominent. And uh, I, I tend to, like... We'll follow that line. Would you? Yeah. Would you put him in your in your opinion like one of the top, greats? Top five or yes, ten? Yes, especially greatest. when you consider the small amount of work, work that he did in this guy's catalog. Yeah, you know? I mean the the, the and tracks, what he did in that yeah. amount of time the, the, and the influence still decades later yeah. is just is it's amazing. Right. And the, tra- the tracks today, on the tracks on that incredible. those two albums, you know, Crazy Train, Mr. Crowley. Suicide Solution, <laughs> Goodbye to Romance, uh, you know, uh, a lot of over, those, the, over um, the mountains. A lot you know. of riffs that he came up with for the song ideas for the first album was stuff that he had in in the bank when he was still with Quiet Riot. Oh, okay. I didn't Quiet know that. Riot was I didn't know that. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they, they weren't like songs. Like he used to do like an extended guitar solo in the live sets with playing with right. Quiet Riot, where you'll hear little snippets of songs like. Even like the the initial opening, uh, you know, guitar riff of "Goodbye to Romance," you'll hear bits and pieces of Ozzy songs and his guitar solo required. Right, right, right. So that's what he brought to the table Definitely. in the beginning, like song ideas, Definitely. And guitar riffs. Now, one thing I always do is an album of the week and a song of the week. Um, I think we're going to agree on this. Album of the week would have to be "Masters of Reality." I think it's Definitely. their greatest album, uh, and I'm going to pick. Uh, it's like my, rub my, a soul with the Beatles. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, really, I agree. Uh, and because it's my favorite album, it also has my favorite song by Sabbath, which is Children of the Grave. No matter how many times I listen to that, it's just amazing. You know? uh, thank you for coming on, Vinny. Oh, my Appreciate pleasure. everything. Uh, you're going to be on again soon, I hope. We'll talk about some right. other bands. Why would you do Quiet Riot or something? Like Quiet Riot and another band yeah, well, that we'll, we don't have long history. Vinny, Vinny, Vinny like and me have been to a lot of shows over the years. You've seen a lot of <laughs> very eclectic tastes. We're turning into old dinosaurs. I know, man. I know. <laughs> All right, so what what do we have this um, What you watched this week? You went to a concert yesterday? How yeah, was well, I saw the Flaming Groovies last night with Reckless Eric opening up. Uh, How was Reckless Eric? I was... uh, I'm going to shit on him when we have time. Yeah? Okay. He was good, but I'm still going to shit on him. Stay tuned for that. Um, <laughs> Flaming Groovies were fantastic. Okay, uh, the next rock show will be on the Flaming Groove, Flaming so Groove. stay I tuned, gotta, people. I, 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 don't, I don't know much about that. I don't have to read up. Very underground, so, but, uh, but there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff there. So, um, like always, you always bring some great information, you know, some great bands. You know a lot of history of these bands. It's, it's amazing. Vinny, thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. Um, what else? What's coming up? Okay, well, if you want to find me on uh, Instagram, it's RockerMike212, RockerMike212. And if you want to tweet me, I'm on Twitter, RockerMike3. Uh, and if you want to find me on Facebook, well, as long as I'm not in jail, it's uh, Michael Baker, B-A-K-E-R. I do a lot on Facebook. And Vinny, how can we find you if anybody wants to see Vinny, Vinny hates you. Vinny is, Vinny is... <laughs> I'm incognito. Incognito, he's under the radar. I'm not on radar. any social media. Just you look won't for, find me on Facebook, Instagram. Just look for a drunken Verizon nothing. guy. <laughs> 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 Give me Vinny.
a very and angry drunk. Maybe I'm like the anger management class. <laughs> yeah. And me, I'm like the cheap whore. You can find me in any fucking social media thing: Instagram, Facebook, shit book, whatever fucking book they got it. Any and, dive bar. Yeah, any dive bar. Getting drunk, cursing you Locked out. Up. Maybe once in a while, calling people out on the shit. You want a line of coke? In the bathroom, on in your bathroom. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we call it Jordan the Odds Fest. And and what, we, what do we always say, Rob? Don't, don't get, get drunk, drunk get, get on top. top. Have a good one, people. Thanks.